Warning, the following podcast says fuck. Podcast time. It's podcast time, baby boys. Welcome back to another episode of Fridays with Vinny. Today is April 29th, 2022. Congratulations. You made it through another month. Yeah. You crazy bastards. You crazy dudes. Can't even can you even believe it? Can you even believe it? We are a third of the way through the year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, we're back. We're back with Fries with Vinny. Welcome uh welcome back. And uh yeah, this is an exciting episode. Because uh, we got a lot of stuff in store, guys. Because your boy decided to uh, to put a little bit of work into this episode. So I think I think y- either this episode's going to suck or it's going to be great. It, it, it can't be in between. It's not going to be in between. Like, I, I will tell you that right now. Um, you will either love this episode or hate it. But uh, first off, let's skim the headlines of this episode. So obviously this episode, Fries with Vinny, the show you're listening to right now, is back with a new format, which will probably last the entirety of two episodes before I get fed up with all the work it takes to actually put effort into a show. But for now, it'll be totally great. Florida governor banned 60% of math textbooks in school, but don't worry, he said that the other 10% are totally fine. So good news there. And Johnny Depp proves that society can care about domestic abuse towards male as long as he's a celebrity and also sexy as fuck. So, yeah. And last but not least, Elon Musk gets fed up with one too many ratios and decides to use Twitter as his latest tax write-off. But first, hang on a minute. So, a couple weeks ago, actually a week ago now, I think, uh, was Masochist Appreciation Day. Or as all those of you who celebrate the torture and execution of a schizophrenic Palestinian Jew, uh, Easter. And thanks to my unfortunate connection with these types who think that by giving up his extended weekend, uh, that somehow was the only way for an all-powerful God to find it in his heart to forgive others, I got to hear once again about how the killing of Jesus happened. Now, don't get me wrong, Easter is still one of my favorite holidays, thanks entirely to the abundance of chocolate and thanks in no part to the bullshit, namely the hard-boiled eggs, which are, frankly, the grossest thing ever and should never be made or consumed by anyone. Uh, with a normal sense of uh, when an egg goes from a tasty food to an abhorred abomination during the cooking process. However, uh, all this got me thinking back on my own days of Sunday school and the lessons regarding Jesus' crucifixion, because while I don't remember being super traumatized, there were certain aspects which gave me mixed feelings. Uh, Specifically, I recall one year my dad gave a lesson in which he mentioned that Jesus also would have been naked during his crucifixion, uh, because it would have increased the shame he went through. And while I'm uncertain if he fully grasped the indifference most at the time would have felt towards public nudity uh, and Jesus having his Holy Mary dangling, um, the real question is how it went for, you know, St. Peter's inverted crucifixion and whether or not at any point he ended up pissing on himself. But uh, I'm getting off topic. I know the, the real reason I bring this up is because I feel that the manner of death that Jesus is reported going through is just an example of the weird fucking death cult that is Christianity. Because it's not enough that they tell you that Jesus died for your sins, but then they didn't even have the decency to stay that way. But also, they've got to explain in graphic detail to even the youngest of children how Jesus got so many ouchies in some of the most gruesome ways imaginable, and bonus, he did it because of you. So in a sick, sadistic way, Jesus' suffering was directly inflicted by what a shitty person you are. It honestly blows my mind that the same assholes who call gender-affirming care child abuse and are afraid of their kids learning about racism and the fact that different kinds of people exist in the world somehow don't find it inappropriate to explain to their kids in fun Sunday school lessons about Jesus getting beaten with a whip with sharp bits of metal in the end or getting nailed to the cross through his wrist, which is a pain I'm sure none of us care to imagine. Frankly, I get the feeling Jesus isn't the only one rising in three days, given the hard-on these guys have for discussing in great detail the level of torture he went through. Um, but maybe just save it for your SNM meeting. So yeah, welcome to 
Fires with Vinny, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so last last few weeks, last few weeks, you may have noticed uh, there was no show, no show. Vinny was a no show. Fires with Vinny was a no show. There was no show to be seen, um, and that is because I ended up uh, taking some time going back to Illinois to visit family. Which, in addition to giving you know the opportunity to visit people I haven't seen in a while, it also reminded me that uh, just because I have more time doesn't mean I will get more done. Um, case in point, uh, during that period, I decided a great idea would be for me to uh, try my best to get some work done on uh, doing some doing some studying math, studying some math for the SAT I had to take in order to go back to school. And uh, honestly, I remember most of this stuff. You know, it's like a weird. It's like a weird thing where, like, I, I I guess I'm not a visual learner. And I kind of figured that beforehand. But, like, when I, uh, when I, when I went, when I, when I, when I kind of went to, like, take practice tests, it's, it's, um, you know, most of the stuff. The problem wasn't really that I didn't remember how to do the math, but more that I didn't understand what question they were asking. Because it's one thing to say solve for X. Like, that in and of itself is pretty straightforward to do. Um, granted, there are many ways to go about that, and I definitely did not remember the most efficient way to solve for x. Um, but regardless, once they started asking to solve for x if y is 6 instead of 3, um, then you kind of get a little bit more uh, confused. But the other, the other interesting thing I found out about myself is that I tend to get obsessive, um, you know, it's like the whole week, the whole week I kept trying to study math. And finally, towards the end of the week, I ended up sitting down and just making myself start. And once I got going, it was like six hours of me just doing practice math problems. And it was honestly kind of fun. Like, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. I mean, I know that I enjoy math. Like, it's always been a thing that was kind of, you know, it's my cup of tea. It's what I, it's what I do. Um... But I didn't. I didn't expect to enjoy it that much, even even as I got frustrated with like you know, trying to remember how the heck you even graph a line, or what equ the equations that the uh, the textbooks were explaining was. Um, but anyway, aside from that, aside from that, I uh, I spent the week being pretty bored, despite the fact that I had plenty that I could have been doing. You know, I. I wrote a little bit, working on a new video that I want to make soon, and I, I finished writing the first half of it or the first part. I think I'm gonna release it in like a two-part video thing. Um, but aside from that, like it's just, I don't know. It's hard to make yourself do things creatively, you know, during that kind of uh, that kind of stay. Uh, I did, however, <laughs> I did, however, manage to. Uh, and end up uh, destroying my um, mother and my in-laws lawnmower um, I mean sort of it was I guess sort of my fault it was essentially it, it was a um, the um, deck belt ended up coming off while I was mowing their yard because I was incredibly bored and needed something to do and that was the thing that could have been, get could be done um, but the uh, deck belt came off but then went underneath the mower and the mower blades ended up cutting it and half so uh yeah i had to i had to fix that which fortunately is uh not a difficult thing to do it was always it's always weird when people are just like oh you know how to how you know how to fix lawnmowers and it's like not really no i just know the basis of how they work and i'm you know i've got the uh the willingness to crawl under there for as many hours as it takes to figure it out which typically is under one um but in addition to that, I also got the chance to uh, catch up with quite a few folks I haven't seen in a while, which is always fun, but can also be challenging when you are like me and don't really see eye to eye with uh, most people in your life. And for the most part, I was good. You know, I was, I was, I was good for the most part. Um, there was, there was a little bit of a time where I, uh, I went to see my older brother Adrian, and uh, we. I'm not going to say we don't get along, because usually we do pretty good. You know, we're completely different people. But, uh, like they say, you can't choose your family. And, uh, but, um, I, I, I don't know, man. You, you know how it is. You know how it is. 
where it's just like I'm not I'm not much of an argumentative person, and uh, you know he's he's kind of I don't I'm, I don't think he's really big into like Jordan Peterson type people, but he like he has he had at least at this point he, that I that I visit him he had a lot of um Jordan Peterson talking points, and I I feel like because we had like kind of a, a online argument so to speak about it and uh i mean you know as much as i can have an argument and i I can't help but feel like with a lot of these cases um the reason he the reason like he couldn't understand why i didn't like jordan peterson at least in his view um despite the fact that i felt like i was thoroughly explaining it and it's something that i've seen time and time again you know you know people uh People, people, you can't understand. It's like, how can you not see what the liberals are doing? And it's like, well, I do. You know, it's not like, it's not like I'm, I'm a liberal person because, <laughs> because I don't realize how bad these people are. I have spent a lot of time coming to terms with my, what my own opinions are about these things. Um, but in addition to that, I don't know. It was, it's just weird because, like, in his, in his view, it was like. Um, it didn't really matter whether or not Christianity was true or whether God existed, but rather the important part was, like Jordan Peterson likes to say, whether or not these views are useful. And I, I don't, I honestly don't feel like that's a great argument for a religion. And I'm, I'm sure that I'm, I'm, I'm misquathing something, misunderstanding, because it's what I do. It's traditionally. I, I have the habit of um of not always do being the best at steel manning people. I do my best not to straw man because I legitimately don't think that um you know uh that he, any of the arguments that Adrian made uh about this I don't think they were not thought through. Um I just feel like the foundation is a little uh little shaky, which makes the rest of the conclusions you come to uh, they can be a bit bad. Uh, for instance, his argument was that you needed Christianity as a foundation for creating morals. Um, you know, because you gotta you gotta have a foundation for purpose and morals come from the Bible and whatever. But also, you have to question those morals because you can't blind. But you can't be open to blind bigotry. Um, and I, I can't help but question. And I'm I'm curious what you guys think about this. Because, you know, I, I don't like Jordan Peterson for a number of reasons, you know, but I, I try to separate the man from his work and and, and just, you know, I, I try to critique the ideas themselves, but it's really difficult when he's become this kind of weird voice of a generation almost. And he's like, he's removing any remnant of like the literal Christ from Christianity and he's leaving like the worst parts behind. He like he's the, he's the he's the dictionary definition. <laughs> he's a textbook example of uh, of of throwing out the baby and keeping the bathwater. Um, and I don't know. I think my main problem with him as a person, and I know I'm getting off topic because I was kind of saying something else there, but I th- I think my main thing with him is that as a person, he you can't really get him to say what he means, you know. Like Jordan Peterson, so many times, and again, many times when he's in interviews, it's clear that the person interviewing him is not a good journalist, um, and maybe maybe part of that is intentional. Like he wants to look better, so he specifically only talks to people that will make him look better. Um, but then again, like I said, he is. Uh, many people look at, look up to him in in such a way that he's almost a cult figure. Um, but also. You know, he goes out of his way to say crazy things like, oh, we need God to form a foundation for morality or, you know, we need forced monogamy to keep incels from murdering women. Uh, seemingly, it's like he's just trying to upset people. Uh, but then anytime he's confronted about this, suddenly he's, you know, short for words or it was just a prank, bro. Obviously, it's not Jordan Peterson forcing people to be monogamy. It's not him forcing monogamy. It's society. That's forcing women to marry abusive men. You just want society to do that, and um, I don't know. It's 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 also like this idea that 
you need a foundation in order to keep people from murdering each other. It's 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 a very it's a very poor view of like humanity. It's like, do you really think that little of people? Do you really think that we've made it through the past, you know, two hundred and fifty million years in our evolution by being assholes? I mean, believe me, there are plenty of assholes throughout that whole period. But it seems to me like um, there is the def- there is still that evolutionary trait of altruism, um, and it it seems to me that um, a better foundation would be reason. Like it seems like reason in and of itself could be used to create a a, um, a foundation for both meaning and morality. But you know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm curious. I'm curious what you guys think. Um. So, well, I mean, while arguing about Jordan Peterson talking points is fun and all, I just. I don't know. I typically don't do well in a, in a setting where uh you know at any point someone could just randomly throw a frustration grenade right in my field of thought, so to speak. Um. You know, it's. I don't know. It's. It's weird. It's really weird being the only liberal in the room. Um. But. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when I'm around, like you know, uh, people from back where I'm from, it, you you just sometimes can't help but feel like you're the only one who's scientifically literate in the entire county, which is I, I know that comes across as uh as, as really like petty, and like I think I'm better than people, and I, you you know what I'm just I'm I feel like I'm just blown off steam. I'm just blown off steam because it was it was it was a um it was it was a challenging week. I don't know. It was it was um fun and all. It was fine. Had some good visits and whatever. But I mean, just like <laughs> uh, just like my wife's younger brother, who is almost sixteen at this point, um, but <laughs> has no filter, which is understandable at that age. But it's just weird being like. Why? What's the point in studying quantum physics if we're never gonna reach the quantum realm? And <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, it was just—I believe that was during the uh, we were watching the the new Ghostbusters, the uh, all women reboot. Which honestly, I I I thought it was really good. Like I thought that was actually a pretty good reboot. I don't know, like it was funny. All the, all the characters were great, you know. It uh, it was it was just really well done, and uh, I get that people got all butt hurt about the idea of an all women cast, but um, it didn't seem like that was the focus, you know. Like it seemed like it did a really good job of addressing the obvious things that would occur, you know, for women in any scientific field, especially. Ghost hunting. Um, I didn't. One thing I didn't really like about was how they, how they kind of like try to portray anyone who was like skeptical towards it. Because again, I don't know. I think a lot of skeptics would be, you know, they'd be totally happy to uh, believe in ghosts, but they don't. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like asking for evidence should not be seen as like an unreasonable trait. I don't think. And also, I, I get it, I'm sure. There are lots of skeptics in this community who are fucking assholes and uh, think they're all, all have this superiority complex because they're like, oh, I know that magic isn't real. I'm so smart. It's like, yeah, congratulations. You're a victim of your own upbringing and you're lucky enough that you live in an age of information, you know. Because any of us could be, any of us could be, you know, just steeped in it enough or just not the kind of person that questions things or not be, not have the opportunity to get the other information that those of us who uh, don't believe in these sorts of things uh, have. But you know what, you know what, I, I was, you know, I, I can move past it. It's not a huge pet peeve of mine. I, in, in in light of the fact that like this is literally a movie taking place in a universe where ghosts exist, 
you gotta sometimes you gotta suspend your disbelief and just enjoy a movie. Um, but anyway, yeah. That being said, I'm uh I'm back back home back here in South Dakota. Went from one weird right wing place to a even more right wing place. Funny thing is Illinois is really a blue state, but only because it's got some large cities in there. But uh, which is it's weird how that happens. It's really weird how that happens. I'm sure there are there are plenty of cases to be made, and it's like, oh, it's because when people congregate together, they get more stupid, or oh, it's because when there's higher education, people become more liberal, or you know, maybe maybe the literal uh, problem is that um, small town people have small town problems, and uh, fact of the matter is, like conservative politics typically do work better in smaller towns. It's one of the few cases where I can think of them actually being good. But uh, all that being said, I'm I'm glad to be back here. I'm glad to be back doing the podcast because uh, yeah, it was uh, it was weird not having it for two weeks. I gotta get back in the swing of things, which is weird because now I'm doing this new format where I actually write out notes beforehand, and so it's weird because I'm I'm like reading notes, but I'm also like trying to not stick to what I've written, and I don't know, you know, I'm not. If I did it, maybe I need to do it more in the term, you know, in the form of like cues notes, where it's just like writing the basis out. But typically, with that, I tend to forget what I'm th- saying. Whereas when I get on a roll, maybe I could just script the whole episode. I'll script the whole episode, and you guys will think I suddenly got real good at speaking, real good at speaking well. That'll be that'll be a great idea. But you know what? What do you do? We got a hundred subscribers now, guys. We're in the 100 subscriber club once again here on the YouTube. So you know what? We've gotta we gotta think positive. We gotta we gotta start being professional. We gotta start taking this shit seriously. So uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce the next segment. Obviously, um, we had the segment earlier, uh, which I'm thinking of just calling Vinny needs a minute. Or Vinny's Corner, or something like that. It doesn't really matter. You know, it's it's essentially gonna be at the beginning of every episode. I'm just gonna write about something that happened in my week, and I'm gonna read it, and we're gonna pretend that it's totally improvised and not 100% scripted. Um, other yeah, and then um also. I uh, decided to do some news on the show because honestly, it was it was weird. Because I keep thinking, like, what is it that I want to do with this show? And I, I honestly don't know. Like, because I like doing this show, but my favorite episodes are always the interviews. But I do not have enough friends to do this show regularly. And this show is not big enough to just go out and get people. Back in the day, I remember when I first started doing podcasts. Something about the kind of anonymous way that metrics were measured on these kind of podcasts made it to the point where no one could tell whether or not you were are you as big as Joe Rogan or you as small a super small fry so back in that day you could reach out to many people and a lot of them especially you know especially on the scientific level uh, would be like you know I don't have time to figure out whether or not this is a good opportunity or not I suppose I'll just do it which made for some fun interactions, you know. I had some, I just had some fun times doing that stuff. But admittedly, um, admittedly, typically my shows back then were only as good as the episode, and a lot of them had some pretty, pretty wacky guests on there. You know, which is kind of obvious given the fact that they were the guests that I was able to get on. But nowadays, I think it's a little harder because it's it's a little more obvious who the big boys are in podcasting. And I think also you can kind of measure analytics and people know that any Joe Schmo in the world can just create a podcast. So for now, I'm going to be sticking like guest episodes will be, um, I mean, I'm still going to do them and I really love doing them. The episode with Pedro last episode was great. Such a great, such a great guy. I love talking to him and I definitely need to have him on the podcast again at some point and I'm sure I will. Um... But with that being said, I decided I'm going to experiment a little bit. If you guys hate the show now, just let me know and I will say, cool, got it. I may ignore it, but at least I'll know for sure. 
But uh, anyway, let's move on to news with Vinny. It's the news. We're catching up on two weeks, which makes it much easier for me writing notes. All right. News time. Time for news. So first off, we got a story in Florida, as you all know. So you all know. Big old, big old Florida once again. It's causing problems. Causing problems and getting in the news. Especially, uh, you, I'm sure you all have heard of him. Florida governor and honorary bitch boy, Ron DeSantis. He's been making the news recently as well, which is... It's never good for a governor, since usually governors are never really supposed to matter to people outside of your state. I mean, but trust me, trust me. Uh, I was I was just out of South Dakota for for a week and a half, and already I started to forget that Christy Nome existed. Um, however, um, Ron DeSantis, he's decided he's gonna he's he's going to war. He's going to war against these gosh dang. Woke people. He's got. He, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, I do know what he's thinking. He's thinking that his fan base is gonna love him, and they do, and they do. But uh, anytime somebody likes that, uh, makes makes a big stink. You're just asking for like people to vote you out as soon as they have the opportunity. You know, you you look like Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is a piece of shit. She has a fan base, sure. But, like, if people had known what a garbage person she was before the election and somebody could have run against her, there's no fucking way she would have won. But then again, maybe I am underestimating the power of a fucking asshole Karen. Anyway, yeah. I mean, you guys know how it goes. America's Christians, they love celebrating violence in every every way, as we mentioned earlier. Um, but the second something turns to someone's gender identity or sexuality or even sex in general, for that matter, they hightail it out like my uncle does when the Child Protective Service agent comes in the room. But uh, in addition to his Don't Say Gay bill and the new Stop Woke Act, which sounds like it was probably dreamed up by somebody's grandma, Ron DeSantis and other people there in Florida uh, have decided to start banning books from their schools to stop woke America from teaching kids that sometimes mommies and daddies hate other people for being the wrong color of human. Uh, but instead of picture books that explore racial segregation in the 60s or the ongoing injustices put upon minorities in America by a bunch of rich white assholes, these Florida people, uh, these politician boss, have decided that uh, math is evil and it's got to be stopped. Now, this is from uh, NPR. Uh, between fights over mass mandates and new legislation dictating how history should be taught, schools have become a battleground for America's culture wars recently. The Florida Department of Education announced that it was rejecting dozens of math textbooks because they incorporated prohibited topics or unsolicited strategies such as critical race theory. Um, now, as a bit of a math nerd myself, um, I was kind of expecting them to take the more you know LGBTQ path towards towards these books, you know. Maybe ban polynomials for having too many factors, um, but I suppose the fair. To be fair, the math does show that ninety percent of these guys are racist, and if you can't have racism taught in schools, I, I guess technically math does have to go. But in line with the subject at hand, uh, the right wing bigots eventually gave in, and showed their work. Um, and we finally got to see kind of what the fuss was about, which is my gut. Like that was my gut reaction. When I, you know, had to watch Fox News at my in-laws and just kept muttering under my breath what a bunch of fucking assholes they were. Um, you know, hopefully nobody heard me. But then again, fuck, fuck, fuck them, fuck them. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it was just like I couldn't help but think like, what, the, what, why, what, how could possibly, why aren't you showing examples? If it's such a big fucking deal, show examples. But not one of those uh, Fox News anchors apparently thought that it was worthy of questioning, oh, maybe we should wait until we see what this is. Um, but yeah, we we got like four examples out of the 54 textbooks. And one of which was literally, it was literally a graph showing the levels of racial prejudices based on this like age and political identity. Um, so obviously that's gonna go, get out of there, get out, use an example. 
from the real world? Get the fuck out of here. Ah, sorry. I'm sorry. I had to get a, string, a swig of whiskey there. This is too much for me, boys. All right. Yeah, so as of yesterday, um, I guess nine out of those 54 textbooks have been reinstated, which is a step in the right direction, I, I suppose. I don't, I'm not feeling really positive about this story, period, at this point. But, um, you know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The reality is these fucking assholes have once again shown that they're more interested in stirring up mud in the pool of public discourse rather than doing their fucking jobs, which is to help Florida's education system to be not as quite as messed up as it is. And um, here's here's another thing. A lot of a lot of a lot of people argue about this. You know, this new math. It's new math. It's new math. Because they changed math. And you know, we kind of talked about that a little bit with Pedro last week. Um, but I've had some time to think about it. And here's here's my opinion on why I think these new textbooks are written the way they are. You know, they they have a lot of focus on like the emotional side of learning math, and I, this is this is like this is based on not much, basically nothing. But this is just my personal this is just my personal opinion. So just take it take it or leave it, or correct me. I don't care. I I'm open. I'm open to being corrected. That's the whole point of being a skeptic. But uh, here's my thought process. So. It's it's it typically math is one of the most hated subjects in school. And part of that is is that it's boring as fuck because you're literally just learning rules. You're learning rules since day one. Two plus two is four. Nobody really goes to the pro trouble to explain why two plus two is four, because everyone thinks it's obvious. But to a kid just starting out in math, two plus two is four is not a logical thing. It's just a rule. It's about like if I tell you an object that mo in motion tends to stay in motion, an object at rest tends to stay in rest. Sure, that sounds like it makes perfectly logical sense because you've literally seen every object in the world once it's come to rest, not move unless touched. Um, but but to somebody first hearing that, as a younger kid who hasn't you know been around, how how are they supposed to know? How are they supposed to know? Um, so I think that. Like with these newer textbooks, part of what they're trying to do is encourage kids to persevere through the difficult stuff um, by partly allowing them to express their feelings of frustration, um, but also by giving them examples of how this math is used in the real world. Because the reality is the whole idea that you'll never have a calculator with you at all times in your life. In the age of cell phones, it doesn't really do the same as it did back when, you know, my parents' generation were in school. Nowadays, nobody really needs to uh, needs needs necessarily to understand the basis of, you know, how to add up from four to twenty-six or whatever. It's you know, it, but at the same time, I strongly believe that having a good foundation in things like math is important because. If you don't, if you if you don't have that foundation, you have people that assume that we're just making numbers up when it comes to statistics. That they don't understand how these statistics are gathered, and you can't understand how statistics are gathered or measured unless you have a basis of understanding for how you know we do things like ratios and how we figure out the median average or whatever. Uh, and you, see, you know, and that stuff you need to understand. You know, division, multiplication. Even addition, if you don't understand how to, how the basis of those things work, you are going to struggle with understanding these more complex topics, which I think that even even everyone in society needs to understand if we're going to run a functional democracy. Because otherwise, if even if if you have like 50% of people who are educated to the point where they understand this basic stuff, but everyone's voting, uh, then you're going to have what we have now, a bunch of morons. Just voting for the next shiny thing that shows up. Um, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't know. I I know I'm going off on a tangent, and I do apologize because I know these uh these do not make for great podcast episodes because nobody needs to hear another white guy talking about why he thinks 
this is the way it is. But the thing about it is, is math has always been a big pain for most people, especially since numbers don't lie. Uh, so the conservatives can't really relate to that. Can't really relate to the math. Uh, but helping helping kids understand the value it has on us as a society, you know, the way that math can be used, the way it's implied, it, it gives us a better understanding of these social issues. And kids don't need any help hating math. What they do need is a reason to care about it. And exploring the practical uses is a pretty damn good start or a pretty damn good way to do that. Um, but good news from NPR is I found this story while I was researching this. The Florida activist, has known for his tongue-in-cheek petitions, um, uh, decides to petition local government agencies to ask for school districts to ban the Bible there in Florida. So um, I, I, that's, I find those things hilarious because it's just like, yeah, it's perfect. Because you can just be like, this book has stories of girls who like get their father drunk and then have sex with him. You know, and and people are just like, oh no, and like surprise, is the Bible the whole time, you know? And I, I, so many people just don't know what's in the Bible. They just, they just, they they they're a big fan of belief. It's a it's a typical thing. And I know most of the people that listen to my show are uh, even if even if they are religious, are not the kind of people that don't know what's in the Bible. I'm just saying, stop pretending that uh, stop pretending that somehow. Uh, you know, you're advocate. You're you're afraid of LGBTQ issues because it's inappropriate for kids. Like, come on, come on. You gonna tell me it's inappropriate for kids while peddling the Bible? Seriously. All right. Um, airlines drop mask mandate. Um, I don't have much on this because my notes literally just say, uh, "Fuck me, fuck you, fuck Ron DeSantis, and fuck airplanes." Kiss my ass. So essentially. Um, I guess that's all that um, one glass of wine Vinny had to say about this last night. Um, I do have a bit of a story about, like, Fox News because, like, once again, I kept having to listen to it because it was on in the mornings where I was staying. And uh, admittedly, it's a bit unfortunate for my uh, blood pressure that early in the morning. But something I didn't get was, like, a guy talking about like why do you even need masks because in an airplane the air is filtered so it's the cleanest environment anywhere right it's like are you fucking daft or do you just not know how viruses spread it blows my mind that after two and a half years of this shit that after all this work towards public education and trying to educate people on how viruses spread and how to protect yourself that people literally think these kind of things. Like, okay, do I need to explain to these fuckers? <laughs> do they, how, how are these journalists at Fox News, how do they not understand the difference between being outside where you're like, you know, you know, a ways from the nearest person versus being in an enclosed box? Even if you have the cleanest air conditioning in the world, it's not going to stop the ass maskless asshole next to you. I'm coughing all over your shit. Especially since all of a sudden people who are sick won't even wear masks anymore. They never really did to begin with. America has never cared about other people. And they the thing they hate most is any inconvenience for the sake of others. You know, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the risk is. It doesn't matter how bad it is. All they care about is not having to deal with something. So honestly, honestly. I don't plan on taking any airplane rides anyway, any, anytime soon anyway. I'll just avoid them a little more than usual. But uh, that's not saying much because I really don't care to be in tight spaces with anyone, period. Even if they aren't. Even if they are wearing masks, I don't care to be around them, to be honest. Avoid people at all costs. That's how you stay COVID-free for two years. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, Johnny Depp, something, something. I mean, I don't uh, really care, but uh, for the sake of the news, Johnny Depp has won his case against Amber Heard, and I don't really care. Look, I, I know this this story's been stewing for so long that I'm just annoyed by it. Like, I like Johnny Depp as an actor. I think he shows a lot of talent in his job, but odds are, in reality, he's probably a piece of shit. 
every bit as abusive as his wife is, you know, and, none, and nonetheless, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just, it gives me mixed feelings because I don't like the way some people excuse like Amber Heard because like, oh, that forced her hand by being a dick. But like, imagine if this was reversed. Imagine if, you know, a guy was abusive and they were just like, yeah, but she was, she was mean and made him. I don't like that. I don't, I don't understand how people can't see the problem with that kind of logic. Then again, it's part of Twitter. You know, I should understand that I'm looking at the least common denominators, not the actual opinions, but it's just when people I like have these kind of thoughts. And I'm just like, what are you saying? And I don't want to say anything because, again, when it's fresh off the presses, this is not the time to be having these arguments about these specific cases. We can. It's great that it's great that this has set a precedent. And and while I'm worried because you know Johnny Depp was caught lying about some of these cases regarding like the injuries from abuse, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think society needs any more help questioning everything women say. It's, it's bad enough as it is, but also domestic violence, you know, when it comes to men, it's always largely ignored. And maybe this case will set the precedent that uh, the reality is that men can and are sometimes the victims of abuse. Um, but also, you know, it's a celebrity relationship, so I don't, I don't know. And here's the deal. If you all, if you all want to learn more, um, you can just look up, you can look up this story. But like, just saying, it's the reporting on this is just garbage, because so much of it is just a celebrity couple is having a fight, and you know, it's who who cares? Who cares? I don't, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Call me when the Queen of England dies. I guess that's one celebrity breakup I want. The without England and the Queen. Finally, she's gone. Actually, I don't think it would make any difference whatsoever. It would just be quite surprising because she is seemed to have existed forever. But maybe that's the way those kind of patriarchy setups are. Anyway, moving right along. Moving right along. Here's everyone's favorite story that, uh, honestly, I think is uh, kind of being oversold. Because, once again, here in America, we are obsessed with... Uh, uh, millionaires and billionaires but uh elon musk quote-unquote buys twitter i'm doing quote hands for those of you who could not tell um but yeah after offering to the uh to the to the, 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 the to un to the united nations the money to end world hunger and uh being met with a plan in mind to actually end world hunger billionaire playboy elon musk has decided he actually doesn't want to end world hunger, but instead desires that coveted spot alongside Mark Zuckerberg as a real gosh dang social media mastermind. Uh, but since coming up with original ideas are the job of his employees that he abuses, Elon Musk instead decided to cut straight to the chase and just buy out a tried and true social media company, namely Twitter itself. Now, admittedly, as a certified broke bitch myself, I am no expert on how these forms of... Uh, billionaire man-child bag of dicks buyouts goes but uh, it seems to me that i don't know i feel like a lot of media coverage has given people the wrong perception of where exactly we are in this process of twitter going from a shitty platform where people give half-baked opinions in a cocky manner and present them as verified fact um that is owned by a corporation to a shitty platform where people give half-baked opinions in a cocky manner presented as verified fact that is owned by a divorced billionaire. Um, so he, he's, here's, here's what I understand, and feel free to correct me in the comments if I am wrong, because I, I don't like being wrong. Uh, but as of the recording of this podcast, uh, Elon Musk has offered Twitter, the corporation, a sum of $44 billion to buy out Twitter, um, the social media platform from the shareholders of Twitter. Um, this offer... Uh, it's got some conditions, which Twitter, the corporation, has agreed to. Assuming all goes smoothly with the shareholders, Elon Musk should on Twitter in a few months. And then, 
I don't know, who knows, he'll either get so high off of weed one day that he forgets to do anything with it, or he'll get a really good strain of weed that day, and the whole thing will just be memes about dolphins or some shit, which honestly, I am all down for. Um, interestingly, however, it's, it's, it's kind of odd, because one of the conditions for Elon from buying Twitter is that he's allowed to like tweet about it, as long as he doesn't say anything disparaging about Twitter's current employees. Um, and which I don't exactly know what that means because like, I mean, given Elon Musk's track record with how he treats employees of his own companies, it doesn't sound promising, but, um, I mean, it's only a few months. Um, and some, some people have suggested that Elon Musk has already broken this rule. I would argue that he hasn't quite crossed that line yet, but it doesn't, from what I looked up, it didn't really seem like that line line was really drawn out. Um, and I don't know. I don't know, guys. I, I, like, I like Twitter in a weird way. Like, I have a love-hate relationship with it. In my opinion, any platform is as good as the people that you follow on it, which is why my Facebook is a pile of shit. While Twitter, I have managed to cut out anybody who I find overly infuriating, um, and allowed myself to, uh, for the most part, enjoy my Twitter memes and news in a manner which um, protects my thought bubble. Which one could argue that that's not a great way to go about your life, but I have plenty of sources to bring me right-wing information constantly. I really don't want the social media platform that I go on to relax on uh, to be the one that I use to get conflicting you know, opinions that I then have to uh, cope with and try to come to terms with or understand the nuance with, or whatever. But in addition to that, I just, I find it really weird how how people are proclaiming Elon Musk to be like their white savior, who's here like, save free speech from the clutches of evil Twitter. And like, first off, first off, if you're already limited to 280 characters, how could speech be any much, any more or less free than that? But also, like, Elon Musk has not been a right-wing dude really at any point to speak of up until this whole COVID situation where the mandates and the worker unions kind of started to encroach on his ability to make him money, you know? And I, I, I you know, it's, it's weird because like, um, a lot of, a lot of people are like this, you know? And it's just, it's just like, he's constantly tweeting about how like, oh, the progressives have gone too far. And the same thing as that fucker Bill Maher complaining about, like, it isn't me who's changed, it's the liberals. And it's like, oh, really, Bill Maher? You mean the progressive has the progressives have progressed? That must be so scary for you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Bill Maher. Man, it must be so hard for you with your show that you get paid a lot of money for. Why don't you come do this show? I'll trade with you. I'll trade with you. I can stand up and be like, man, ain't religion stupid? I'm an atheist. Ain't I so cool? Oh, man. Oh, wow. Let me bring on religious people and make fun of them. Uh, but anyway, end of the day, Elon Musk is a billionaire who made his first million being born to a rich family. Uh, so, end of the day, to expect him to care about anything aside from making more money and shitty memes is just setting yourself up for disappointment. The man clearly has check record for just wanting to have fun. And whatever, whatever, whatever form that takes, I'm not really necessarily worried about. I just, I want people to understand, I, I don't know. First off, that he doesn't own Twitter at this point, so nothing has changed. Except the one thing that has changed is how many people... Um, that are, how many Elon Musk fans are suddenly on Twitter? Um, but this idea that it's all of a sudden going to turn into a right-wing thing, I, I honestly think that um, I think that y'all are in for a bit of a disappointment because again, his track record is having other people do work and taking credit for it. And since there isn't really much to do on Twitter, you know, I suspect he'll get bored with it after first couple of days. But what do I know? What do I know? Who knows? Maybe he's got some big plans for it. But, like, so far he's mentioned, like, taking down bots and, like, getting, get, like, um, doing something about, like, free speech. He's really, he's really harking down on that free speech. 
and like i'm very curious like what he thinks like free speech is you know because he's 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 made it clear like oh free speech means that everyone should be allowed on the platform which sounds i mean sounds right so my question is like he's also said like oh i'm gonna upset the 10 percent of people on the left far left and the 10% of people on the farthest right. And then I have the 80% in the middle. And it's perfect. And it's like, well then, what are you What are you doing? How are you doing that? Are you going to upset them by getting rid of Russian bots that tweeted at Trump to make him trend? Or are you going to do that by banning misinformation regarding both right-wing and left-wing conspiracy theories? In which case, is that not the opposite of like whatever weird free speech these guys are thinking of i don't know anyway that's just kind of my thoughts on the situation i'm sure you all have plenty of opinion because if there's one thing that there is not a short of is opinions about elon musk um but anyway that is it for news boys time to wrap it up time to wrap it up and move on to this week's sponsor spot next episode of fries of is brought to you by CBD Bullshit. Hi, I'm a white guy, and I like the idea of weed, but like the actual weed scares me, so I don't want to do the weed, but then I found out about CBD Bullshit, and now I can do the weed without everything that makes weed awesome. So if you want to pretend that you're cool, but not cool enough to actually smoke an illegal drug, then you should check out CBD Bullshit can't jail people of color for it, we're sure as hell gonna strip it of anything fun and make a profit. And we're back with this other segment. This is another new segment which I'm doing. It's uh, the Internet Police's Tweet of the Week. You guys remember Internet Police, the series I do sometimes on YouTube, which I need to bring back um, very soon. I've got a new episode I'm working on. I'm working on it. But uh, unlike those, these ones are much easier. Um, so anyway, today's tweet comes from at Godly Womanhood, a.k.a. Transformed Wife. She was a feature on one of the uh, episodes a couple years ago of the Internet Police here on YouTube. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we've been keeping tabs on here, here at Internet Police, and honestly, I don't know, it's like, she really went over the deep end after that period, like, in the, in the two years since then, and I honestly, I blame myself, because if there's one thing Internet Police does, is it either scares them straight, or it'll, it'll knock them right off, and they'll go crazy trying to, they'll, they'll take a hard right, they'll take a hard right, and and constantly be the worst. But this is a tweet from this past past. I think it was actually a couple weeks ago now. But again, this is hasn't been an episode of Fries with me for a couple weeks. So anyway. Alright. Here's the tweet. Um her husband walks by and gives her a smack on her behind. Wife number one, please don't do that again. Wife number two laughs and gives him a big smile. Wife number one is tearing her marriage apart. Wife number two is thankful that her husband still finds her attractive and it's building her marriage up. Now, first off, there's an obvious, like, as, as somebody who's a huge fan of uh, spanking in a consensual adult relationship, um, I'm not here to tell you that you can't spank your husband or wife. Um, I'm just, first off, you know, you could at least say smack on her butt. Like, behind, really? What the fuck are you doing? I get you can't say ass. But at least say butt. Because this is just ridiculous. We're all we're all adults here. Um, but also, this idea that, like, a woman needs to be submit, submit to the point that even if her husband makes her uncomfortable with something, she still has to take it. Because he's the man. It's, uh, it's, she's got all kinds of garbage tweets like that. And this one just really, this one just really stood out to me because of just how wacky it was. 
Uh, also, it reminds me of that meme where it's like, you know, there's like the girl with her art gets five likes and the girl showing her showing pictures of herself on, you know, working out gets like 2000. And then people took that and made it into a meme where it turns out that they're a married couple and the workout buff girl is like, hey, guys, this is my girlfriend. Check out her art. It's great. And it's just like, it's a thing where someone takes something terrible and makes it wholesome. Um, so, um, yeah, I want somebody to do that with this. I want a husband with two wives. And one of the wives, uh, one of the wives is like, please don't do that again. It smacks him on the butt. And it's, it's, and then, um, and the wife number two is just shy. So she just kind of laughs it off. And then they go and have sweet polyamorous sex. And it's, 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 you know, you know what? You guys are the artists. You guys take that and go do what you want. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This has potential, guys. This has potential. Um, and also, gosh dang it. If, if you're gonna smack butts, I'm all for it. But, uh, but it's, it's not fun. It's something that my mom taught me. It's something that my mom taught me at a young age. Is that, uh, it's not fun unless everybody's having fun. So, um, yeah. Don't, uh. Don't smack booty if it uh, if you don't have permission. Gosh dang it. It's not that hard, she said about my dick. All right, moving right along. It's time for mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. So, as per usual, guys, we've covered a lot of ground in this episode, and I understand if some of you need to get it out. You need, you need to get you need to get you need to get your thoughts in here. You're like Vinny's got to understand. He's got to understand why what he said was completely wrong. Um, in which case, you can. You can you can uh, you can uh, do you can you can you can send your stuff in. You can send your stuff in to contact at vinnyhard.com and I will read it. And I'll do it here on the show. Um. <sighs> However, this 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 time this time on mail time, we actually got a submission for the aux cable, which I didn't do a few weeks ago. So uh, let's let's go to the bit or the segment within the segment. It's time for aux cable on mail time. So this week's aux cable recommendation uh, it comes to us from uh, none other than Gwendolyn. Um, uh, she sent this in along with a email, which I read a couple week, a couple episodes ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, she recommended this LP by Dan Deacon called Mystic Familiar. And I'm going to be honest, guys, I loved it. I don't, especially the first track, which is so weird because it starts like such a weird way. It honestly reminds me in a way of a uh, Ben Folds l- l- kind of last album he did. What was that called? I don't, I can't remember for the life of me. I'm going to have to look it up. But like the way that he played the piano was just like, I love creative stuff like that. Like I like when people play instruments in ways. Yeah, So There. So There was the album by Ben Folds. And he starts with this song called Capable of Anything. In which case he has like this kind of duet going on with the piano. And that's very similar to kind of what Dan Deacon does in his stuff. But his, his, his whole LP was very creative. And it's something that I honestly wish I could accomplish with the kind of music that I that I try doing. And uh, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like a lot of times you're just emulating stuff. And I feel like I've got a ways to go with just doing basic music stuff. So I'm not quite ready for that experimental. But if you all enjoy like those kind of more instrumental stuff, check out check out this album because it was it was just really good. I don't know. I I liked it a lot. I don't I don't really have a lot else to say about it to be honest. Um, it's it's very like I like the kind of like psychedelic feel it kind of has in a way but like it's it's definitely like you know it's definitely like a great kind of bedroom pop experimental LP so I guess uh yeah check that out why don't you and that's it for mail time time to wrap it up with the recommendations I recommend the lobster. <laughs> so this week, this week, 
ladies and gentlemen, we've got some recommendations for you all. First off, there's this game I started playing, which I really, really have been enjoying, called Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. And uh, there's a lot of great things about this game. I like, like, usually I hate backtracking in games, but this game made it really fun. And I, I never felt like I was lost. I love these kind of Metroidvania combined with like platformer games. I just, it's a lot of fun. The art looks great on it. I want to play the first one. I got it on the Switch, but I need to, I, need, I ought to stream the first one actually. I think that would be fun. I should do that. Why don't I do that? I should do that. When am I going to get time to stream? I'm too busy for that, but who cares? Who cares? Anyway, uh, yeah, check that game out. Why don't you? If you enjoy that kind of stuff, I just, it's like, the game's so good so good it's so fun to play so well made the art is great shantae is cute so that's fun um yeah check that out um the other thing is this book which i can't remember if i recommended it before because i started reading it and i read it some more and i kept reading it and it's still on my reading pile and i'm, I'm almost through with it but um this uh, book called a short history of nearly everything by bill bryson um, it's it's really cool. It's essentially just a um, the best way I think to describe it is like it's a it's a, it's a, a thorough history of like um, you know all of the natural sciences if that makes any sense. It's like you know he he delves into um, you know oh here's like all this all this junk that we you know learned and here's a story of how we learned that and I think that. The story of science is something that gets, um, it gets lost, you know? People typically don't learn it as much as they should. Um, and, um, yeah, I think this, uh, I think that this book is great. If you want to dive into the story of how we kind of learned about our world and our universe and how we went from, uh, from, from knowing nothing to knowing, um, some stuff. But definitely not everything, which is why the book's called Nearly Everything, Not Everything. Anyway, last but not least, here on recommendations. Here's your music recommendation for the week. Shadow Academy, the album by Shadow Academy. I'm a big fan of Dan Avedan from uh, Ninja Sex Party. And he does, he's been doing a lot of like side projects in the last several years, which I think is great because he's a brilliant singer, musician, songwriter, whatever. Um, and anytime he does stuff outside of like what I know him from, like Ninja Sex Party, anytime he goes back to like Sky Hill or does stuff with the Super Guitar Brothers or, you know, anything else, it's just, it's always a blast and a half. And I really, I, I really like the songs in this album. It's, it's definitely like more outside of what I typically listen to. Like, I typically don't listen to much in the way of metal. But, um, I will uh I will gladly have this be one of the exceptions. You know, that it can be alongside Sonata Arctica as the metal albums I listen to. And I'm sure that all you metal heads will be like, that's not true metal. It's not real metal. Um, but you know what? Who cares? Who cares? I enjoy it. It's fun. It's a good album. Go check it out, why don't you? Anywho, boys, anywho. Uh, congratulations! We have once again made it through another episode of Friday with Benny. If you all enjoyed this kind of new format, all the new, all the new segments, all the bits, please let me know. I'm begging you, because honestly, I don't. Maybe, maybe this episode was terrible. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. I enjoyed doing it, however, and uh, I'm hoping that you guys did as well. If not, um, sorry, I guess, uh, better luck next time. Um, I don't know. <laughs> All right, friends. Like I said, if you have questions, comments, death threats, or anything else you want to send in, uh, for the show, you can send them into contact at com. That is the email address. I also typically will read comments on the YouTube for this show. So if you don't feel like going to the trouble to write a whole email, just leave a comment. And if it's something that I feel like discussing, I don't read all of them because sometimes, I mean, I read them, but I don't like always read them on the podcast because sometimes I'm, I don't, I don't feel like it's maybe something I ought to mention or maybe it's not something I feel like talking about, but 
you never know. It's something worth. You can roll the dice. Will Vinny talk about your comment? Leave the worst comment and see if I respond to it. And good luck. All right. Anyway, guys, thank you as always for listening to another episode of Fries with Vinny. I hope you have a wonderful Friday. Hope you have a wonderful weekend and a great week. And I'll see you back next Friday. Until then, as always, I love you all. Love yourselves. Bye. Fries with Vinny is a production of Vinny, written and produced by Vinny. Special thanks to Vinny. Music provided by Kevin Mackley out of Incompetent.com. Vinny is not responsible for the views and opinions expressed by Vinny or at any parallel dimension by other Vinnies doing parallel podcasts in multiple universes. Vinny is a property of Vinny Incorporated LLC and was used with permission. Send your questions, comments, and death threats in to contact at VinnyHard.com. Until next time, Vinny Hard signing off. <laughs>